If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Listen, you guys know I'm a little high maintenance with certain things. And you know, with my hair, oh my God, especially. I have difficult hair. And the only products I use are whey. Now, here's the thing. I like something high-end. You know, I'm a little bit of a diva. But I have found that most high-end hair products cost so much freaking money. Well, not whey. I love their detox shampoo. It smells so freaking good. It helps with oiliness and unwanted shine. I also use their anti-dandruff shampoo. Listen, I'll admit it. It's great. It fights flakes. It also smooths my scalp and it's so gentle. It doesn't irritate. Their scalp serum. Oh my God. So that's my favorite. That's a daily product. You can use it day or night. I use it in the morning and it just helps. It leaves your hair so, it smells so good. It leaves your hair stronger and fuller. Healthy, happy hair starts here. So go to T-A-G-O-U-A-I.com and use code VELVETROPE for 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-A-G-O-U-A-I.com. AI.com, use code Velvet Rope, and you'll get 15% off. You will love these hair care products. And you can thank me later. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Jessica Clark. <laughs> That's quite the intro. Hi, David. What? Hi, what's going on? Where are you in the world, first of all? Are you in LA or are you somewhere else? Um, I live between LA and uh, St. Pete Beach in Florida. We're opening and uh, my wife and I have tattoo and piercing studios. So we have one in Los Angeles and we have this big fancy mobile unit and we're opening another studio in St. Pete. So that's where I am right now, kind of doing I double saw, duty. I saw on your Instagram that you're like in the middle of renovations and it looked great until you turned around and I'm like, man, you have a lot left to go, don't you? I know, I know. And it's one of those things where it, it's a disaster, disaster, disaster. And then all of a sudden it's done. So I'm just holding on to that and reminding myself that it will be done. <laughs> it will be done. Well, listen, I have to start by saying congratulations on this hosting gig coming out for love. I mean, it's the first U.S. lesbian, all lesbian dating show ever. So congratulations. It is, yes. And, and it's, Thank you so much. And just to uh, leap right in. So we, of course, it's uh, including lesbians, but overall, it's a queer women show. So we wanted to kind of make that very clear. Um, so uh, non-binary, uh, trans, uh, you know, lesbians, bi, all of those things, like they're all included within Coming Out for Love. It's not an exclusionary thing at all. It's a, it's a celebration of our community and the diversity in it. I love it. And I've already watched the trailer. I mean, you've done a bunch of acting before this. How did you get this role? 
as host? Um, well, actually, it, it's all due to Nicole Kahn. So Nicole Kahn, very well-known uh, lesbian, queer uh, filmmaker, director, producer, documentary maker. Um, she and I worked together in one of her films, A Perfect Ending, um, which was my first feature film as an actor. So it was very meaningful for me. And it was, uh, you know, a love story, a journey between two women. And so Nicole and I worked on that about 10 years ago and just had the most phenomenal experience with each other. She's very much an actor's director um, and really kind of allows you to find the character and evolve. Um, so, yeah, so we had such a good time. We've kind of kept in touch over the years and, you know, watched each other's work and all of that. And then she came to me with coming out for love. And I, I was thrilled about the fact that there was going to be a show, you know, by us, for us. Um, in the hosting, I was excited by the possibilities, but I was also quite nervous because although I did a little bit earlier in my career, you know, as an actor, you're, you know, you're inhabiting a different character. You're speaking words generally written by other people for that character. And so there's a, there's a vulnerability there, of course, because you have to go to deep places, but it's not you that you're showing you know whereas with hosting it's kind of very much your personality and very much your um what you specifically as an individual bring to the table so I was a bit nervous about that um but I had a phenomenal time well I mean that makes a lot of sense it is a different skill like did you do anything to prepare like did you look to other hosts you know we have like Ryan Seacrest American Idol like the obvious comparison Chris Harrison The Bachelor did you watch these hosts of the past did you talk to anyone um I didn't really talk to anyone specifically um I'm aware of those hosts obviously because they're sort of so embedded in the mainstream culture um but I honestly looked more to the women uh female hosts and so Kat Dealey I'm from England originally and I remember Kat Dealey in her very first hosting gig and she just always just seemed so at ease and so genuinely interested in in the contestants and the the not characters but the people on her shows so that and then Padma Lakshmi has always always been an inspiration a Southeast Asian woman I have that in my heritage and she kind of embodies this different sort of calm regal energy um, but equally interested and equal and very passionate about food so I just sort of tried to take those the things that drew me to those two hosts and just kind of embody those a little bit and what that meant for me so I don't know <laughs> we'll see what people think <laughs> well Nicole says you are a cross between Kat and Padma so that's a pretty nice compliment right it's a huge compliment I'm very lucky to have Nicole in my corner um she is a she is a cheerleader for for many people including me so I'm very grateful to her we love a little Kat daily Oh my gosh, right? So you think you can dance? I mean, we could go on and on. She's she's great at what she does. She's phenomenal, yeah. Tell us about the show, like for people that don't know, you know, like set the premise for us. Okay, so, you know, on on the one level, it is your classic, you know, looking for love, exploring your different options, dating show. You know, we have one lead, um, and then we have the contestants that are, you know, vying for her heart. 
Um, and, and she also is vying for theirs because we wanted to make it clear it's a two-way street, right? Um, so in that sense, it's very traditional. Um, Nicole Khan watches The Bachelor and The Bachelorette every season with her daughter. And so they have that deep embedded love within them. And then I am sort of a little more off key, a little more unconventional. And so we kind of brought those two different energies. Um, so it is, I think we use the word raw, but it we just made the decision to not filter anything, not shy away from anything, not to deliberately try and present specific uh, viewpoints or keeping viewpoints out of it. Um, we very much said to all of the women involved, be whoever you are, be whoever you're comfortable being, say whatever you want. Okay. There's no censor here. Um, so I think in that sense, it's quite different. And because we're not, you know, we're not a cis het presenting, uh, show, which I know they're making some changes now in many later seasons, but you know, traditionally shows like that have presented a very specific idea of what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman and what you should be looking for. Um, so we very specifically, we sought out more diversity, diversity, diversity in ethnicity, diversity in body types and shapes, diversity in terms of where you lie, um, in your personal identity, if you're, you know, more masculine of center, more, more feminine of center, um, all those different elements that we felt like are so intrinsic to our community and make our community so amazing, um, rather than, you know, more traditional. Yeah, absolutely. And I took that away from what I watched so far. And I mean, you don't shy away from issues. I mean, you get into I mean, it's a dating show, but you, there are issues of race that come up. And, mm -hmm. you know, you guys kind of deal, you know, I mean, talk to me about like that to see was there ever a oh, let's not go here, let's censor this out or just right from the beginning, it was like, let's just include everything that's going on here. There was never any, uh, any concept of um cutting things out or removing them from the table. And, you know, for me in, in, you know, I'm happily married and have been for a long time, um, but I'm very much still, you know, all my friends are in the community. We have younger friends, older friends. And I don't think honestly that in the modern world, you can take issues like race out of dating. You know, I think they're very much embedded. If you go on dating apps, people list preferences, you know, if you like, there are photographs and, and, uh, you know, Caucasian or more light skin presenting, they will, you know, generally get more hits on, on mainstream dating apps and things like that. And that you see that reflected in the, uh, what was it? In-person, I guess, in-person dating too. You know, there is absolutely racial division within the queer community. I mean, the beautiful thing is, right, that we're, homosexual but we're not homogenous right people like to talk about you know gay people or queer people like we all think the same we all you know and that's simply yeah. not true it's one facet of who we are I'm, I'm a major believer in intersectionality okay so I'm a woman I'm a queer woman I'm a woman of color I'm neurodiverse you know all of these different things and they all make up who I am and who I work hard to be proud to be. Um, it's not ever just one thing. So uh, we wanted that to be reflected in the show and have the real, real conversations because you definitely find that although we're all supposed to be love and acceptance and rainbows, there's a lot of exclusionary 
habits within our community that we wanted to address. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Does everyone need to take a breath today? Listen, I can't tell you how stressed out I was all the time before I discovered innovative extracts. I mean, that shouldn't shock you, right? You listen to this podcast five days a week. I mean, do I seem like a calm person? Well, let me tell you, I am much, much calmer and much more relaxed and much better at work because of Innovative Extracts. Innovative Extracts offers a full lineup of CBD and THC products for everything. Anxiety, mood improvement, even pain, improved sleep. I sleep so much better now. If you need something to help take the edge off, look no further. They have gummies, creams, vapes. They even have these drops that you put under your tongue. They have a full line of Delta 8, 9, and 10 THC products, and they're legal and they don't require any medical card. So easy. And they ship to most states. And get this, right now they're giving 40%, which is crazy. What sponsor of ours gives 40% off? 40% off by using promo code VELVET, www.ie-cbd.com, and you get 40% off today by using the code VELVET at checkout. Big change in my life, which you guys know. I'm now splitting my time between New York and LA, and LA is a driving town, except I don't drive. So, you know, I'm taking Ubers everywhere, and I swear to you, this is not the place to complain, but these Uber drivers are so... Why are we speeding up if the traffic light is going from yellow to red? And then we think we're going to make the light, but then you slam on the brakes. None of that matters because I have relief band. Before relief band, I used to get sick on a daily basis with a severe headache. Not anymore. Relief band is the number one cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, even morning sickness. It's literally a band you wear on your wrist and you can change the intensity depending upon how you are feeling to make it stronger or weaker. So if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. Go to ReliefBand.com and use promo code VELVET to get 20% off plus free shipping. Head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use promo code VELVET for 20% off plus free shipping. Where do you think we are, you know, in the community and in the media, you know, I guess in in the media, you know, like, yes, this show has done it all. It's included it all. There's no topic that shy away from there are, you know, every body type is, you know, represented, like you said, Mm -hmm. it's all inclusive. Like, but where do you think we are in the media in general, in terms of the community? I mean, listen, I think that there are always improvements and, and I could list many, many 
things that I wish would improve. Um, I, you know, I still think generally um, it's, you know, cis presenting white Caucasian uh, men predominantly that, that define the, the mainstream media landscape in terms of what it is to be gay. Um, and on the one hand, that's appreciated because let's be real, like higher disposable incomes, generally higher on the socioeconomic um, hierarchy, kind of all of those things. So so there's a power there. There's a voting power. There's a lobbying power that maybe queer women and people of color and trans people don't have access to. So like we need that and we want that and we're appreciative of that. But then there becomes, you know, a, a very distinct hierarchy between I hate the haves and have nots, but but between the people who have so far benefited more from that exposure. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of work to do. However, you know, I look back and and this is sort of culture in general. I look back to sort of the early noughts, right? And kind of what the media was doing to women then and and uh, just how just how tiny we all had to be. You know, I was a fashion model prior to this, prior to acting and you know, I had a lot of amazing experiences, et cetera, et cetera, but I had to be as thin as was humanly possible. And that is, has changed quite significantly, you know, so, and, you know, like upskirt photos and things like that, like that's what the paparazzi were doing back then. And then mainstream things were publishing it. Like that was completely normal and acceptable, you know? So sometimes I have to sort of dip my toe back in to things like that to realize you know, how far we've come, you know, and then there's lots of amazing queer women of color that are, are leading the way for us. You know, we have Laverne Cox, we have Lena Waithe, you know, we have so many phenomenal musicians, actors, writers, you know, that are kind of leading that charge. Um, Cynthia Arrivo, like phenomenally talented. So clearly there's been evolution and clearly I would like some more. We could have some more and there has been a lot, right? Yeah, exactly. Do you did you watch The Bachelor yourself? Like, do you are you a fan of reality TV? And like, do you have any? What are your guilty pleasures when you turn to TV? It, it could be scripted. So generally, my guilty pleasure. So I have watched The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and I used to watch a lot more of that kind of reality TV, sort of earlier in its uh, more in its infancy. So I watched like the earlier seasons of The Real Housewives and things like that. I watched uh, the Tila Tequila show. Can't even remember what that was called now, but I watched that avidly at the time because we, you know, that was the representation. And of course that was sort of delivered. It felt like a big step of the time and it, I'm sure it was, but it delivered us more for laughs, I think, um, than, you know, we would necessarily choose to be represented now, but it was still a major step forward. Um, so The Bachelor, I do watch it peripherally, but as I said before, I, you know, <laughs> on a really shallow level, like I'm I'm not particularly attracted to high femme women. That's not my personal preference. So, you know, the women are all, amazing and talented and some of them are incredibly accomplished and I wish I was that accomplished but there's no particular draw for me there and obviously I'm not interested in in the men either so I I find myself to be a little bit detached from that you know and that's not to say that I can't see why it's such a juggernaut and why people are so invested it just doesn't really do it for me 
Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that is, uh, not bigoted, but prejudice of me. No, I mean, that um, makes sense. I think like a lot of you do think about some of the dating shows like Too Hot to Handle, like in F. Right. Island. I think a lot of people, whether consciously or subconsciously, are watching them because they're attracted to all the guys or all the girls. Absolutely. I mean, so that is a good point. But thank you for bringing up FY Island because I loved that show. I started watching it because I was like, well, this is a genius name. And then uh, Nikki Gla Glazier, am I saying her name correctly? Yeah. Um, I watch her stand up. I watch a ton of stand up comedy. So I knew her from that. Um, and I ended up really, really enjoying it because it took a different spin on it. You know, it really took the whole, well, you know, which The Bachelor kind of dips its toe into, but it really took the, well, can you accept people at face value, you know, and what do they really bring into the table and how do you identify red flags? And I really liked um, the bond that the women developed and especially in season one and you know how they were a support for each other and hearing hearing their thought processes behind why they were attracted to who they were attracted to and so that element I really wanted to bring into coming out for love kind of that discussion because sometimes you don't even realize that you have sort of inherent bias or you know built into what you're attracted to or what you're not attracted to you know if you if you grow up in one specific um pool you know it might not ever have occurred to you that and I know it sounds silly but I've I've come across it a lot it doesn't really occur to a lot of people that that there are different dating options and and that relationships can look and feel very very different um and I also think that and I experienced this in my acting career as well I think that very often on more mainstream tv it's uh you see you see a Caucasian person and the ethnic person dates the Caucasian person. Whereas I feel in sort of the real world, there's a lot of different ethnicities that date each other, you know? And so that we don't necessarily see reflected as much, I don't think. So that was an exciting thing for me to explore in Coming Out for Love. Yeah, so we have a Black lead, you know, she is more of a tomboy than a high femme. Although, you know, even these categories, I think, you know, they exist because we like to, you know, humans categorize each other. It's how we organize things. Um, but I think even within that, um, you know, we all have different, different parts of ourselves. Like people tend to think I'm very feminine because of how I present. And I think my personality is, you know, probably more masculine than is immediately obvious so that makes a lot of sense we'll talk to us about our lead amber winnington i mean she has 1.9 million followers to tell us about her um amber's wonderful phenomenal um i i'm lucky to know her a little bit um what can i tell you she is well she's a lover right and she is a a person that sort of meets the world head on and with open arms and wants to have as many experiences as possible. Um, and is, she's a Virgo, very much a Virgo. And so the, the approach that she takes to trying to find her true love is like very meticulous, you know, and very thoughtful. And there's a lot you'll see in coming out for love. We have the kind of uh, tribal room where we discuss 
afterwards we kind of discuss you know who she's leaning towards and who she isn't and you know it's always so thoughtful and the women that that she's drawn to are all so different and it's exciting to see her explore that um and she really goes on a journey she really goes on a journey on the show it's it's exciting to see now, I mean, like we talked about The Bachelor and some of these other, you know, shows like in The Bachelor, you have mm-hmm. like, you know, a male lead or a female lead. And then you have a bunch of people living in a house and, you know, none of them are attracted to each other because they're all straight. You know, this, like you said, is is very inclusive. So now you have all these women living in a house and you do have they all want Amber's attention. But, you know, my mind just goes to like, well, there you are. Aren't you all some of you attracted to each other or aren't you getting to know each other? And a lot of them are spending time with each other more than Amber. So that has got to add a whole new element to the show. It really does. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's one of the sort of obviously different things about dating in the uh, queer community versus sort of the, the more mainstream heterosexual one. So yes, I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that, you know, in a significant difference from other dating shows, all of the women in the house are attracted to women. And so there is that element that comes in and, and you definitely see that throughout the show. You definitely see, you see amazing connections and some of them are romantic and some of them are sexual. And a lot of them are, you know, friends and community building. And, you know, a a lot of the, the women that we had involved were, so excited just to be around so many other queer women you know it it because obviously it depends on where you live um if you live in some of the more major cities then you have like LA has a huge lesbian scene New York uh Miami like all of those places but in but in other places you maybe have less access and so there was just this energy this buzz that was kind of running through the house because everyone's there because they're single right everyone's there because they're looking for love or open to love and open to what's coming and so you see it you see it there's that there's that running through the show and it makes it exciting and it makes it a little unnerving sometimes and for amber as well amber addresses it at some point in the show um because it's a it's a reality and you also see that in our community right it's like not everybody but it's very common for especially women well I don't know actually maybe in the male uh queer community as well but a lot of your exes are friends of yours you know people are friends for years and then start dating and there's this all you know you start dating someone it turns out you know their ex like all of that stuff it's sort of very it's much more um intense because our communities or the where we gather you know we're sort of concentrated more uh so that's definitely reflected in the coming out for love house you all might think i make it look easy running this podcast but four years later i can tell you it hasn't been the hardest part for me honestly has been hiring good people i either can't find people that are qualified to do all these jobs that i need editing producing Or I find someone that qualified and then they leave me. It's not me, is it? I don't think so. But listen, now I can actually look forward to hiring because I have Indeed. It's really changed my life. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So I don't have to spend like multiple hours on different job sites and looking for people with the right skills. I have no spare time if you haven't noticed. 
And what I love is their instant match. As soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed match my job description. So I can invite them all to apply in one place right away. Quick, quick, quick. That's how I need to work here, people. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, like here behind the velvet rope, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash velvet to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash velvet. Let me say it one more time. Indeed.com slash velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application, pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, And it takes some twists and turns for sure. I mean, my mind just goes to, you know, maybe, you know, two people fall for each other. Maybe they leave the show because they're so like, why are we vying for Amber when we met each other? I mean, there's so many possibilities where my mind goes, you know, just as a member of the community and knowing how it works. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we are in this gorgeous mansion with a huge pool and, you know, there's a lot of late nights and deep conversations and there's all kinds of little nooks and crannies around the mansion. And so, yeah, there's like so much potential for for layers to build. Um, So I would say your instinct on that is right. And you'll have to watch to see how it unfolds. Did you find yourself like getting really invested? You know, like you were kind of there as the host, but also, you know, like you said, you had these meetings with Amber, like, you know, just Mm -hmm. as far as like her mind was thought out. And I mean, did you find yourself kind of like finding it hard to remain impartial, like having your own favorites of like, why are you going for this girl, Amber? She's so bad for you. I mean, did you did you see things she didn't see? And did you find yourself really um, like invested? Well, I was very invested from the beginning because I know Amber a little bit and I know how great she is and what she brings to the table and how much, uh, you know, she's really there. She's someone that's very present and she brings that to work and really you know she has as you said before a very successful online presence she's an activist um she she uh has deep roots in the community and is looking for something very very specific so yeah that absolutely happened um and also i would say that one of the slight differences in coming out for love is that i'm not as impartial as you may be used to seeing on the bachelorette and things like that you know, while, of course, it's not my journey and it's not my decision, um, you know, Amber does come to me and for our guest ho- guest judges as well. We have this amazing lineup of guest judges and so a different one each episode. And so they also, you know, they'll they'll be part of the challenge that the women are experiencing or competing in that particular episode um and so they form their own opinions and some of them are quite opinionated and they are also um in attendance at the the tribal room discussion afterwards so yes i was invested yes i had my opinions um i don't think i was ever like what the hell are you doing why would you be attracted to that person because i think that you know all the women on the show are incredibly attracted in their own ways you know and so that was just the journey you know are you attracted to the person you thought you would be or the person at the outset and you know how does that change the more you find out about them and and the the different and also I think the different challenges in the house 
but you you touched on it before about sort of the there's some racial conflict um there's definitely uh different interpretations of what it is to be in a relationship uh what you're looking for sexually you know we go into all of those conversations very much so we don't it's not a sanitized version of a dating show at all we it's like much that more, yeah it's much more kind of I think real, at least in our community, you know, we, we, we all have opinions, right? We do. Did you learn anything about yourself through this process? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, let's see. I, I don't know if I didn't, I, I think I knew these things about myself, but I was, very invested in the contestants. I was really sad when some of them left. I was really disappointed in some of the people's actions and behaviors. Um, I was really, I was quite anxious within myself. Um, you know, I, from what I've heard, I'm one of those people that presents as relatively calm on the outside. I'm a ball of anxiety inside, you know? And so I was anxious for, for all the women and Amber included in that. And of course they didn't need me to be anxious. They were completely, completely in control of who they were. Um, but yes, yes, you can't help but to feel what some of the women are going through. And like, I would feel proud of them, you know, when they would speak their truth and which is, you know, I, I'm the host, but I'm also just another queer woman. Right. So it would be, it would be a, uh, inaccurate to say that I wasn't involved I very much was well I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing you'll have to see <laughs> it, it could go either way right could go either way <laughs> yeah well, and you know I I would say I'm a I'm interested to see you know right what the what the response of the public is going to be and for as much as we very you know it is absolutely made by us for us um, but inevitably we're going to get things wrong or, you know, say and do things that aren't, aren't considered to be right now. Um, things of, things evolve in every generation, right? So I remember when I was a young queer, you know, talking to older lesbians and kind of a, what they had had to go through and sort of their political and social evolutions and the words that they thought were unacceptable that that we have reclaimed now and then I look at Gen Z and like they've taken it to a whole nother level and that makes me so like thrilled and proud is the wrong word because I didn't have anything to do with it but it's just so impressive and I fully expect to get told off on social media. You know, I fully expect to get educated and corrected and updated because for as much as I try to be, and the, the other producers, for as much as we try to be as current and, and as evolved as possible in our language and um, inclusion and things, guaranteed, guaranteed that there will be um, comments and education about that and we welcome that like we want that you know we're not here trying to say that this version of queer dating is the only version you know um truly 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 i welcome that you know i want there to be discourse i want there to be uh growth in the show and and in terms of like 
the diversity of the people involved as well. Like we very much, and thank you for, for saying that you found it to be very diverse when you watched the trailer. We really, really, you know, tried for that as much as possible. However, you know, this is the first season of the show. It's an unknown quantity. And so there were certain sectors of the community. Like I very much wanted there to be, um, you know, a trans person involved, um, a, an out non-binary person, things like that. But of course I had to acknowledge and accept that. And we did do outreach. I did some personal outreach, but the reality is, you know, to be a black trans femme, right? Uh, or, or any trans femme or trans ma male, it is a, you, there, there is a heightened sense of staying safe right and and there has to be that's an intrinsic part of being human um but i feel like they're still very marginalized within our community and then also there's a danger to being on a show like that in in the wider world there's a danger that people will know or will see you differently or you know can you know people form very strong opinions about people that they see on tv and so um, that's what, you know, the trans women that I reached out to, that was very much the feedback that I got from them and they're correct, you know, and for as much as I can tell them that, that, you know, whatever they say and however they feel will be shown. Um, I very much understand and respect the fact that they, they didn't feel able to, and didn't, you know, didn't feel that that guarantee was enough. So in future seasons, I would very much love for there to be even more diversity and for there to be, you know, even more body diversity and, and all of that, because it's wonderful. And it's one of the things I love the most about this community. And I really want to show the reality of that. Like it's so, you know, it's still very, you know, in the, in the queer women community, you know, the the butchers you see and the the tomboys and masculine of center that you see on television, they're all skinny white women, you know, like it's very unusual to have uh, a woman of color, a black woman, someone with a distinctly different physique. It's very unusual still for them to be elevated in the mainstream media. And I really, really want that to change. And, you know, that can't happen overnight, but I would love and fully intend, and we all fully intend for coming out to love, coming out for love, I'm sorry. Um, like that's one of our main goals moving forward. Like we want you to be entertained. We want you to be invested. You want to have strong opinions and, and this genuine journey for love. But I also want it to, to reflect our true diversity uh so hopefully that continues to evolve and you like when you were reaching out to people to be part of the show you got that from you know like someone trans like wait this is gonna elevate me like on a platform and it just may not be safe i mean that is a good point like as the show goes on and then maybe gains notoriety i mean it might like you said, open up the doors for people to say, oh, yeah, look at the, I mean, if, if you look at a show like Drag Race, I mean, that's not, but that has come a long way. So, I mean, you know, when you start a Drag Absolutely. Race, people, now it's like a thing and it's like, let's line up because let's mm -hmm. put it out there. And, but so, I mean, to your point, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I didn't realize you yeah. were doing your outreach and we're kind of getting pushback from like certain certain people but yeah, it I mean, makes I don't sense even, yeah I don't even want to label it as pushback it was it was just educating me further on the day-to-day -day risks that yeah. you know trans people or you know people that dress um you know 
differently or you know non-binary people that 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 feel very strongly in that identity like that's not the life that I walk through right so I can I can say and act and talk the talk all I want but the reality is is that's not my life you know I'm a light-skinned conventionally attractive relatively slender person like the world is going to look different for me no matter how open and observant I am so you know they didn't push back they educated me and they were right you know um and I do hope that with coming out for love, with with the honesty that we show, um, it will evolve. And I love you bringing up Drag Race because, yeah, in the early seasons, think how brave those queens had to be. You know, yeah. it's it's one thing to to be performing in clubs and bars and these big private events where you're wanted, you know, and desired to be that character and to live in that. Um, but but on television, anyone can turn that on you know and you know hate watching and and all of that is a real thing and they you know what's that no such thing as bad press or whatever I, i'm sure that's true in some ways but i can definitely understand not wanting to get hit with um online bigotry i can and in, and you know in person bigotry as well i can definitely definitely understand that and you are completely prepared for, you know, the social media. Like you said, I would say shitstorm, just not that there's anything that you're doing or the show is doing, but we all know how that works. I mean, I get it here, you know, it just I'm is sure the world do. that we live in now. So you're, you think you're prepared like to go down that rabbit hole, so to speak? Um, I, I, I'm prepared because I believe in this show so much and I believe in the goal of Nicole Kahn and, and all of the producers and myself, you know, and, and Amber and all the wonderful women that, that competed on the show. Like I believe in all of that so much and I believe in, in what they individually bring to the table and I want them to be highlighted and celebrated and everything else. Um, am I ready? I mean, listen, people always have something to say, right? Um, we'll see I don't know I don't know I don't know how I'll handle it it's different to acting you know you can't blame it on the character it is different from acting and you've done a bunch of acting I mean a perfect ending what did you do you have a lot of scenes with Morgan Fairchild in that oh Morgan Fairchild is amazing I loved meeting her so much it was such a it was a real, she was a real gift to me, actually. She was on set just for a few days because, you know, generally in productions like that, the, the big names come in for a few days and, you know, they do all their scenes. And uh, and so that's what she did. But I had the opportunity to have lunch with her, you know, each day that she was on set. And she really was so, um, what's the gracious well she was gracious but she was you know I already followed her on Twitter and she's like very politically aware and very opinionated and you know brings a lot of her personality and and her intellect to the conversations so I was kind of expecting that but she really kind of broke down the industry for me you know like she was very much you know, she was very much like make your investments, you know, build, diversify outside of acting, you know, build, build business, like get your brand into do all of those things, you know, as soon as you can, because it's such an unpredictable industry, first of all. And then second, you know, we all age and it changes and 
And while I do see an evolution in that on the mainstream media of, of particularly women, older women getting great roles uh, in film and TV, it's still sparser than we would like it to be, right? So she she broke all that down for me. And I have never forgotten that because if Morgan Fairchild tells you to be smart, you're like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I will be as smart as possible, I promise. You listen so, when she speaks, yeah. right? You certainly do. Like that that is a that she is a a force, a force. So she was fabulous. I have a friend who's like really good friends with her and just says like she's really intelligent. Like he's like she just is just with like the world and like everything like just she'll sit there and talk about like world events and you're just like yeah. what? Like it was amazing. You know, and she's just this bombshell. She's always been this bombshell and the hair and the body and the outfits and the face. And, you know, and then it's like, zoom, like this highly astute individual. And you're kind of like, whoa, okay, I'm trying to keep up. Um, that's so that's great. What about um, pocket listing? Did you work like closely with Rob Lowe? Yeah, well, I played Rob Lowe's wife. So that was very cool. Um, and yeah, yeah, I we were all... Uh, all of our scenes were together and he's great. You know, uh, he's just funny and dry and really sweet. You know, that's always, you always wonder what people are going to be like, right. You can't even help it. Um, and so, yeah, he was, he was just like, he wanted him to be, he was as handsome as Rob Lowe is and was as charming as Rob Lowe is. And, you know, thank you very much. <laughs> and you played a vampire in true blood. So there you go. Yes, I played the mother of all vampires in True Blood. Yeah, that was, uh, that's got to go down as one of my favorite, favorite jobs ever, for sure. And I was a huge True Blood fan prior really? to getting cast. Oh my gosh, such a fan. Well, because also, if you think about it, like what Alan Ball was doing is he was in that show, he was really showing kind of the the more marginalized, you know, he was really, he was really using the supernatural world to explore um what different you know how different communities were you know the prejudice that exists among different communities and how they handle that and different responses and things um so i thought it was so clever and he's such genius um so i was beyond thrilled to get cast and sort of my my first day on set you know people are coming up and the cast are amazing people are introducing themselves and i'm literally in my head doing that fangirl thing of like i know who you are Amazing, you know um and then of course i had to you know rise up out of a what was going to be a cgi pool of blood but it was really just a stage in the middle of a really large set with lots and lots of people um and obviously i was uh, unclothed for my very first scene but afterwards the, the cast were like welcome to true blood like once you've done your first nude scene like you're you're in you're part of the community Sidebar, I have never been on a show or, or any production where the um, Crafty was so healthy. Like normally Crafty, like the snacks and things like that, that they get, you know, that they have laid out for the cast and crew and things. Yeah. They usually full of lots of really yummy things, you know, slightly decadent, yummy warm cookies and stuff. Uh-uh, on True Blood, everything was like sashimi and green things and sliced fruit and you know gluten-free because everyone was like we never know when our next nude scene is coming so yeah so that was pretty funny great interesting sushi, interesting i didn't think about that but you're right they probably were like this is just because we do so many nude scenes this is the way to it's one way to stay motivated right 
the healthiest craft services ever. True blood. True blood. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> what about what was it like being in an Usher video? Oh, wow. You're really going back. I, I'm like, to, listen, this is like we like we like to do a little bit of pop culture research here. OK, I love it. I love the research. Thank you. Um, That was great. You know, it was uh pretty intense, I think. We filmed it over two days, but it was sort of one of those sort of 18 hour days followed by another 18 hour day. Um, yeah, I was honestly, I was really nervous before that project because um, I was like, I don't know what kind of video they want to be in. And I, you know, I kind of called my agent and I was like, they're, you know, am I, do I have to shape my booty kind of thing? Because I'm not very good at that. You know, <laughs> it's not where my skill set lays. And, and they were very much like, no, it's going to tell a story and all of that. And it really did. I thought that I thought that it was beautiful. And uh, I really did have to dive into that pool. I actually had to dive into the pool uh, probably about 15 times. It was the middle of the night. It's CGI corrected. I don't even know how they did it because it's blue skies and everything in the video. It was the middle of the night. It was freezing. You know, like how L.A. is sometimes really cold out of nowhere. I think and it's like right know. now, like you're, right now. you're missing. I mean, I don't know how long you've been in Florida, but you're missing, like it's freezing in LA right now. Yeah. You've had like that crazy storm and yeah. So when LA is cold, it's really cold because the houses, are, the houses are built to live in while it's boiling hot. So all of a sudden everyone's like shaking. Um, so it was freezing cold. It was raining and it was the middle of the night and we had to keep, having me dive into the pool, not because they weren't getting the shot, but because the bikini they had me in, I kept flying out of it as I as I landed after the dive, like the impact of the water would just like take my top off, which, you know, if it was True Blood, no problem. But if it's a, a an Usher music video with a very loving, sad song, it kind of wasn't appropriate. Um, and then the fire over that, that's real fire. They had these people with like, they kind of looked like leaf blowers, but like flames came out of them. And then under the water, there were health and safety people in diving equipment, I guess, for insurance, just in case things go wrong. So it looks like this really simple, beautiful, clean shot. And in reality, like there's just people everywhere. And I would dive in, my top would fly off, and then I would get out and they would rush me into like a warming tent, which they kind of build these little you know, cubbies where they had heaters blasting and I would stand in there and defrost and then go and do it all again. So it was, it was, it was a very good intro into the reality of film and TV, right? Because you're creating magic, but behind the scenes are just so, so many people each bringing the expertise to make this thing happen, to bring it into reality. So it was, it was a really cool, interesting experience. Oh, and we, we shot it in the the pool scene is in Frank Sinatra's old house. Oh wow! In the hills. Yeah, so that was very cool as well. It was like house goals. Are you the type that gets starstruck? Like, have you ever met someone, or you just do not really get starstruck? I mean, you said on True Blood, I guess you did a little bit, but like, do you? And is there someone that if you met them, you would just be like, oh my god? Um. Well, I met Viola Davis very, very briefly, and that I truly fangirled. Truly, truly. Well. I try to fangirl internally, right? Because people, especially people at that level, they don't want to listen to that crap. Um, but I, but I was very much. Like, I really love your work. I think you're amazing. You know, I was, I was kind of like that. Um, and I stand by that. Like she is 
a phenom and so inspiring. And she is, she's definitely one of my acting motivations, but also I, I just love how she conducts herself and she, you know, she really speaks her truth and what it is to uh, work in this industry, what it is to be a woman, what it is to be a dark skinned black woman. And, you know, has been very vocal about equal pay and all of that. And I just have so much respect for that because the industry, you know, it's always, you have to work really hard against the, well, when am I going to get another job? And this is the last job I'll ever have and, and all of that, you know? And from from speaking with, with actors that are sort of higher up on the totem pole, apparently that doesn't really change. Um, so I just always have so much admiration um, for women like that. Oh, and Cicely Tyson. I met Cicely Tyson backstage. Um, we went to see a trip to Bountiful um, because we were friends with Journey Thullet and uh, uh, Dalila as well. And fantastic production. But yeah, we got to meet Cicely Tyson backstage and that I really, really fangirled. And she was so interesting because she sort of comes in and she's in this like denim jumpsuit and this like cap and you know it's just uh, this tiny physically tiny person and just like this phenomenal energy she's already been on stage for like two and a half hours um and her thing was like she didn't like people taking photos of her like anyone that asked for a photo which I didn't I don't do that um she would actually take the camera and then take photos of them because she said she wanted them to to remember the experience and how they particularly felt you know after the after the play um versus a picture of her you know and i thought that was such an interesting approach because one it gives you a privacy but two like she was really uh trying to get people to think differently about celebrity and all of that i think so she was an icon and uh yes definitely fangled there that is interesting so like she didn't be in the picture but she took your camera and took the picture of you oh wow yeah yeah, so people got all of these amazing shots and like, and different people were, you know, you meet each other, right? So you're, you're all there for different, um, I was lucky enough to be backstage, you're, you know, you're all there because you know somebody involved in the production. Um, so she was kind of recording the vibes, essentially, recording that unique experience because every every night of a show is a different experience. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Did you watch How to Get Away with Murder with Viola and Cicely Tyson, who played her mother eventually? Yeah, I sure did. And oh my gosh, those scenes. Ooh, masterclass. Masterclass in acting. Phenomenal. Yes, I absolutely watched How to Get Away with I pretty much watch anything she's in. The Woman King. Have you seen The Woman King yet? Yeah. Amazing. It's good, right? Yes. It's amazing. And I wasn't expecting, like, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised because of who, who's involved. But just as a project, it really explored the different kinds of love that exists between people, but specifically women. It's a film called The, the Woman King. Um, and so that, I think, also to loop it back to Coming Out for Love, I think you see that in Coming Out for Love as well, although it's a very different medium. It's a very different kind of production. It's a very different kind of show. But but love can can and does exist in so many different forms. And I think they're all important forms, Right. Um, romantic love is not necessarily the be all and end all. Like I, I'm a firm believer in chosen family and, and all of that, 
you know, uh, especially in our community, because not everybody has, you know, supportive biological families um, or families that raised them. So, so yeah, so I really loved how Woman King touched on that. And, and I feel like we bring in those elements and those discussions and coming out for love as well. What do you want people to take away as they watch from coming out for love? I just want them to love Amber and, and the women as much as we do, you know, like I, they're wonderful and sexy and funny and, you know, sarcastic and thoughtful and annoying and, you know, all of the things that, that we are. So I, I, I want people to enjoy seeing us, you know, enjoy seeing us on screen and enjoy seeing us be us versus, you know, I, I think that I want everyone to watch the show, obviously, whatever your, whatever your identity or sexual preference or whatever is, uh, I want everyone to watch the show. But it's not, uh, it's not a, sanitize is the wrong word, but it's not presented as safe, you know, for the mainstream culture. Um, it's very, uh, it has a very strong direction and and the women are forces. Each of them are a force in their own right. Uh, so I just want people to, to love and enjoy that and go on the journey and have their own opinions about who Amber should choose. Because uh, I was on the journey, 100%. I love it. I cannot wait to watch the whole season. And as we wrap up, talk to me about, like, you know, you're a happily married woman. Like, what is the secret to your own, you know, like, what relationship advice would you give to people out there since you're so, you have a partner, oh, you have a wife, and you're happily married. You're opening, like you said, the second tattoo store, Pop Poller yeah. and St. Pete's. Um, well, you know, I, I appreciate that you said what works for you, because, you know, I, I don't think I'm in any position to advise people on their own relationships. You know, my, my mom always raised me to believe that she's like, as soon as a third person, well, depending on your relationship dynamic, there might be three or more people in your relationship. But let's just say it's a two person relationship. The second another person comes into the room, that changes the dynamic. So you can't ever truly know why a relationship is what it is and what works in it and what doesn't and whether people are getting their needs met. Um, so so I, I adhere to that. For my own relationship, um, we're very honest. You know, we had both had to do work on that because, you know, there's a desire to... to to please, right? To have the person that you love be happy and, and all of those things. Um, and so, you know, it's the, do you want everything to be happy and easy in the short term? Or do you want to be able to really like this person, not just love, but really like this person over a long period of time, you know? And we're all particular and we all have our own routines and beliefs. And, you know, you're figuring out how to share your life with this whole other person, you know? So, Radical honesty is something that we've worked on that I think has really helped us. And, you know, that old, that old stalwart communication. Sometimes I have to, sometimes I have to tell her, I'm like, okay, we're being really lesbian right now because we will talk something to death 
you know, like I'm a very analytical person. She's a very analytical person. And so sometimes I'm just like, wow, while this has been interesting and like and a true education, can we stop now, please? You know, that's a, that's a stereotype that at least we in my relationship, we definitely we definitely adhere to that stereotype. We talk a lot, but we also, you know, she's my favorite person to talk to other than my three besties spread around the world. But yeah, um, I don't know. I'm a big believer in having your own interests and staying interesting to yourself. So you're, you can be interested in each other, you know. Uh, but she's great. You know, we're both artists. We both try to live truthfully, I guess. I don't know. That's good. Right. You just talk it and talk. You're like, we have really talked this one out, right? Like, it's just. Yeah. Like, but also, sometimes we have to say, because she says it to me, it's like, we just disagree, you know, like, we just disagree on that. It doesn't mean that, like, there's a right or a wrong or better or that there's an, you know, a deep seated problem necessarily. We just disagree on that. And so how do we move forward with both people being honest, you know, so. That's all good. Is there anything else you want to cover? Thank you for answering all my questions, everyone. And this premieres on valentine's day like how perfect is that right we thought that that was a nice touch um yeah so coming out for love is a 16 episode um competitive dating show our first episode releases on valentine's day it's across worldwide across numerous it is worldwide across numerous streaming platforms um you can follow us uh, coming out for love we're on instagram uh tiktok we have the website coming out for love.com, like all of that good stuff. Um, you can follow Amber. Um, Amber's Closet is her tag. Um, so she's on TikTok and Instagram and everything. I'm mainly on Instagram, uh, the Jessica Rose Clark. Uh, yeah, come on board. Tell us what you think. Tell us what we did right. Tell us what we did wrong. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I am sure they will too. And it looks great, like I said, from what I've seen so far. So everyone needs to tune in and definitely keep in touch. This has been very enjoyable and I can't wait to watch all 16 episodes. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. And thank you for such uh, thoughtful questions and letting me rattle on. <laughs> oh my God. Anytime. You can come back anytime. This has been great. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. For Take care. You too. Bye, and don't David. and don't work too hard on on opening the store. Oh my gosh. I know, right? It's the It's gonna be done be one day, right? Just it's keep telling be yourself wonderful. that. High art tattoo, St. Pete. So I, we have Hyatt Tattoo Los Angeles and St. Pete. Yes. I love it. Keep in touch. Yeah, absolutely. You too, David. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. 
We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.